Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, November 5th, 2020. I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. So, (laughs) we're all probably a little on edge at the moment. I am not going to talk about the election today, because as of recording this on Wednesday night, we still don't have any official results. Votes are still being counted. Hopefully, we will see all of those votes counted soon. I am very sure when Matt and I are next on the show together, which I... Well, probably will be on Monday show. We will have some things to say about it. I certainly will. But for now, I hope you are all finding ways to take care of yourselves during what has been a very stressful couple of days. My uh, main method of anxiety relief is food-related monotony. So I peeled and chopped a lot of potatoes myself and then played some video games. I hope you have some kind of method of madness in the same way. I'm only going to mention one election-related thing in today's episode, though everything is political, everything in theater is political, everything in art is political. But until we get official results, I hope we can be a little bit of a distraction for you, even if it's only for 10-15 minutes. First things first, yesterday in the feed we had a new episode of Tell Me More, where Matt talked with the Los Angeles Times entertainment reporter Ashley. Lee about her recent article, 40 Black Playwrights on the Theater Industry's Insidious Racism, the impetus for the article, the process she went through to put it together, and more. A phenomenal piece we've talked about before. I have yet to listen to the new episode, but it's in my queue for later today, so I hope you add it to yours as well. And of course, I have to direct you to our Patreon if you haven't backed us already and are able to do so. Patreon.com slash Broadway Radio, BroadwayRadio.com slash Patreon. All right, I want to start today's show with the latest COVID-19 theater update, though we're going across the pond because I know I'm tired of American news at the moment. I'm sure you are a little bit as well. This was actually announced over the weekend, but the effects will be ongoing as on Saturday evening, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced that England will enter a second national lockdown that is scheduled to last a month from today, November 5th through December 2nd. The decision came hours after the UK passed the milestone of 1 million coronavirus cases. Necessary but difficult as always, especially for the theater industry. The new restrictions will obviously change the plans of many theaters across the country that were prepared to open their doors again and welcome socially distanced audiences, including London's National Theater, which had begun performances of its first in-person production since the COVID-19 shutdown. The solo show Death of England, Colin Delroy, starring Michael Balligan. Originally scheduled to run through November 28th, the play ended ahead of the shutdown on November 4th. Similarly, NYMAX Theatres, which owns and operates six West End venues, announced it would soon be in touch with ticket holders for upcoming affected shows, including six, which was scheduled to start on November 14th, the play that goes wrong on November 19th, And everybody's talking about Jamie on November 28th. 
Six has moved its first performance to December 5th, and Jamie has moved its first performance to December 12th. NYMAX's Palace Theater was also set to be the home of the show Must Go On, an all-star concert celebration of several West End shows that was scheduled to run November 11th through the 15th, but there is no official word yet on a revised timeline for that show. Another one is the comeback at the Noel Coward Theater, which has moved its first performance to December 8th. Several other shows, including the upcoming holiday engagement of Les Miserables, the stage concert at the newly renamed Sondheim Theater, had start dates after the lockdown, so they could start on time, but plans may also change depending on an extension of the restrictions or any problems rehearsing. The rehearsal and streaming part of the equation doesn't seem to be as big of a problem currently, however. In a tweeted clarification of the restrictions by Oliver Dowden, UK Secretary of State for Digital, Culture, Media, and Sport, he says, quote, Arts venues are places of work, so people can come into them for work if it cannot be undertaken from home. This includes rehearsals and performance. However, audiences are not permitted. In a piece in the stage entitled A Huge Blow, colon, producers and theaters warn of devastating cost of second lockdown. Many of the theaters and producers the publication spoke to, including Kenny Wax, a producer of Six, Joseph Houston, artistic director and co-founder of Hope Mill Theater, which we'll talk about later in the show, and others are doing just that, continuing with rehearsal plans despite the lockdown. As I already said, necessary but difficult. We're going to continue to see in the UK what we've already seen in the UK and what we're seeing at home, which is especially any kind of freelancers falling through the cracks. The article in the stage, which the stage is behind a paywall, but you do get three articles free per month if you sign up. So I implore you to read that and some of their other COVID-19 coverage. Uh, but the piece quotes broadcasting, entertainment, communications, and theater union head Philippa Childs uh, talking about the self-employment income support scheme in the UK. Uh Freelancers are expected to live on just 40% of their average earnings and 2.9 million people, including thousands in creative industries, quote, are excluded from the scheme altogether. A new month-long lockdown, <laughs> truthfully, doesn't feel too long after so many months here and so many months they endured to start, but that's a month now. Anything further, especially in these holiday months coming up, would be just devastating for the industry. Also in the COVID-related section, I wanted to provide a quick update to a story I covered on last Thursday show. If you remember, as reported by the New York Times, a group of eight small theaters and comedy clubs in New York City filed a lawsuit against Governor Andrew Cuomo and Mayor Bill de Blasio, challenging the closing of their venues during the pandemic, citing that their venues contained 199 seats or fewer, and that they could adequately and safely perform with social distancing and other safety measures in place. Now, those eight theaters, plus four more, it seems, for a current total of 12, have received their court date. That argument will be held next Thursday, November 12th. 
Let's get into some other news, and I'm afraid I have to start with some sad news. On Wednesday, we learned that Broadway and West End alum Carol Arthur has died. Miss Arthur started her career as an understudy in the national tour of Once Upon a Mattress before starring in the 1963 London revival of On the Town and opposite Dick Van Dyke in the brief 1980 Broadway revival of The Music Man. She also appeared in Woman of the Year and High Spirits, as well as several Mel Brooks films, including Silent Movie, Robin Hood Men in Tights, Dracula Dead and Loving It, and of course, Blazing Saddles. Arthur died following a decade-long battle with Alzheimer's disease at the age of 85. She is survived by sons Peter, David, and Michael. Her children, late husband Dom DeLuise, our hearts go out to her family and all who knew and worked with her. Moving on to less morose news in the streaming category, Manchester, England's Hope Mill Theatre, which I mentioned earlier in the show, will stream its new production of Rent during weekends this holiday season and through the aforementioned UK shutdown. Filmed live on stage and fully edited, the rock opera will run online Fridays through Sunday, starting November 27th through December 20th. The production is directed by Luke Shepard, who staged the West End premieres of In the Heights and the recent Olivier-winning Anne Juliet, and stars Jocasta Almgill, Blake Patrick Anderson, Tom Francis, Ahmed Hamad, Dom Hartley Harris, Millie O'Connell, Maya Kwanzi Breed, and Alex Thomas Smith. Tickets, which are available internationally, range from £25 for individuals through £40 for groups, or about $32 through $52, and are available via hopemilltheatre.co.uk. Also in UK streaming, the shows must go on is presenting a slate of star-studded Shakespearean titles to stream this month each Monday. First up on the schedule is Being Shakespeare with Simon Callow, which is available now to watch through November 8th on YouTube. Programming continues with Richard II starring the great Fiona Shaw filmed at the National Theatre. Deborah Warner directs the stage capture with Donald Sinden and Julianne Ryan Tut co-starring. That will begin on November 9th. On November 16th, the Patrick Stewart-led Macbeth will run. Co-starring is Kate Fleetwood, who earned a Tony nomination for her performance when the stage production came to Broadway in 2008. Rupert Gould returned to direct the film, which was shot on location rather than on stage. And finally, on November 23rd, the schedule will wrap up with Shakespeare's sonnets featuring Callow, Shaw, Stewart, Fleetwood, David Tennant, Noma Du Meswini, Ruth Nega, Kim Cattrall, and many more, reading all 153 of the Bard's poems. All performances will be held again on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and will be available to watch for seven days on the show Must Go On's YouTube channel. And finally, back home, Dale Orlander Smith's acclaimed solo show, Until the Flood, based on interviews following the 2014 shooting of black teenager Michael Brown, will make its nationwide broadcast premiere on November 15th. Rattlestick Playwrights Theater, in partnership with a contemporary theater in Seattle, Center Theater Group in Los Angeles, Denver Center for the Performing Arts, 
Goodman Theater in Chicago, Milwaukee Repertory Theater, Portland Center Stage, and Repertory Theater of St. Louis will present the play, which will be available beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern on the free All Arts app and allarts.org, as well as in the New York metro area on the All Arts TV channel. Part of Rattlestick's previously announced 2020 fall season and originally commissioned by Repertory Theater of St. Louis until the flood was filmed in 2018 during the New York engagement at Rattlestick and is based on interviews that Orlando Smith conducted with dozens of people who were shaken by the 2014 shooting and its turbulent aftermath, which propelled the Black Lives Matter movement. Neil Keller directed this production for the stage and screen. A couple of recommendations today. The first is that one election-related thing I mentioned at the top of the show, but it's a new video from the lovely Leslie Odom Jr., who partnered with bipartisan election advocacy organization Represent Us. The song is very fitting right now, and it's Hamilton's Wait For It. The video encourages us all to trust the process and wait for it, for those official results for all the votes to be counted. It's about two minutes long. I'm personally considering just listening to it on a loop until everything comes in to soothe my soul a little bit. And then the second one. The second one made me cry several times in the course of a few minutes, and it comes from the BBC. It's a very British heavy episode, I know. But the video features Paul Harvey, who is an 80-year-old former music teacher and composer living with dementia, who improvised a piece of music on the piano given just four notes. And that video went viral after his son Nick posted it. It's a beautiful beautiful piece. However, (laughs) then the BBC Philharmonic Orchestra interviewed him and they turned it into, or the BBC interviewed him, but the BBC Philharmonic Orchestra turned that into a full orchestral arrangement recorded remotely by the full orchestra. It's just beautiful. They play it for Paul. He's overjoyed and crying and full of emotion, and so am I. They also interviewed him, as I said, in which they asked him, who is your favorite composer? And his answer, Paul and I are the same. It is Stephen Sondheim. His response was something like, he writes both the music and the lyrics, and no one should be that talented, which we all know I agree. So to top it all off and to make Paul cry even more, and then subsequently me and everybody else cry, Stephen Sondheim recorded a special message to Paul thanking him for his kind words and his wonderful tune, which, quote, he can't wait to steal. I didn't know this is what I needed on Wednesday, but of course it's what I needed. It is the perfect balm to this week. It filled me with so much joy. I hope you find as much joy in it as I did. Also, Paul's full single, which is called Four Notes, Paul's Tune, is now available on major streaming services. All proceeds will benefit Alzheimer's Society and Music for Dementia, so please check that out. The link to that and everything else I have mentioned in today's show will, of course, be in the show notes. 
All right, that is all we have for you today. So thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And if you are willing, able, and so inclined, you can back us on Patreon at patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. And as always, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at no, this is Ashley. If we get any major theater news, as I expect we'll be getting major other news on Thursday at some point, but if we get any major theater news, you'll hear from both Matt and I. The plan as of now is that there will be another Matt interview in the feed tomorrow. Should be a good one, especially for the bookworms and gossip fiends amongst us. But until then, everybody, have a great Thursday. Stay safe and at least a little sane. And we will be back in some form or fashion tomorrow. Tomorrow.